Blog Talk Radio. To join the conversation is area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you're listening during a live broadcast and want to join us in the chat room, you can always go to the show page on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go to the episode and you can sign in with your free blog talk radio account. And you'll be able to join in the chat room and discuss issues with myself and other listeners who happen to be listening live. If you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, et cetera, over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, uh, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Of course, you, you always can subscribe to my channel on YouTube, uh, youtube.liberaldan.com, or, liberaldan, or youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. And if you want to support the show, you could go to the uh, patreon.liberaldan.com or patreon.com slash liberaldan. Either way, you'll be able to get the uh, support the show. And one of the things you get as a benefit of supporting the show is early access when it's available uh, to Hypocrite of the Week and perhaps some other bits in the future uh, as they come available. And of course, you'll help me uh, spread the show and the more support I get, the more show, show I will do. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, there's also nerdydan.com where you can check out all of my stuff. Uh, a pop culture, uh, sneezing from my child in the background. <laughs> um, not That's not on nerdydan. That might be on nerdydan.com. Sometimes I game with them. It's nerdydan.com. Uh, and if you go to the website, you can find the links everywhere, but it's nerdydan.com. Uh, on like Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter as well. So that's all the places, most of the places you can find me. There's some additional projects that I have kind of on the back burner at the moment. Um, normally at the start of the show, I would be doing a segment called Headlines, but it's just been, it's been a rough week. Let's just put it that way. It's been a rough few weeks. Um, just a lot of stuff piling on top of each other and, I frankly didn't have the time to put together a headline this week. I did do a hypocrite of the week. I did not do a words of redneck wisdom. Um, of, you know, I, I didn't even get to listen much to, to Jeff's show, uh, let alone some any other of the sources that I might normally go to in order to get uh, show prep for hypocrite for I mean words of redneck wisdom because um, usually there's a lot. Oh, and we've got the first liberal band radio Patreon, Demonox in the chat room. Uh, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're awake and I'm glad you have power, uh, which two good things. I'm assuming you have power um, unless you just happen to be uh, watching on your phone. Um, but anyway, so also we have, so we have Demonox. We also have uh, Cesar, the second Liberal Day and Radio Patreon over in California. Shouts out to you. Thank you so much for supporting 
the show. Um, and so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, do we go? <clears throat> we're not going to go to hypocrite of the week yet. We'll, we'll, we'll hold off on that for a second. Um, despite the fact that we don't have headlines, there are some news things to talk about. Um, you know, a few weeks back, we did talk about uh, Britney Spears and um, her legal battles and her, you know, why should we care about Britney Spears, one conservative <coughs> progress. <laughs> goes storm pass, unlike COVID, I nearly coughed on myself. Um, why should we care? about Britney Spears. Why should we care about what's going on with her? Well, reason is because there, there's, there's taking care of somebody who's having problems in the short term or whatever, and, and, and allowing, you know, somebody to have a conservatorship while somebody gets their house in order. And then there's basically slavery for years and years and years when a person doesn't get uh, autonomy over their own bodies, like in the case of Britney Spears, uh, she wants to remove her IUD, and they won't let her. And that's the biggest problem of all the big problems in there. That's the one that stands out to me the most, because that's the clearest violation of body autonomy. Well, apparently, um, uh, Hollywood power lawyer Matthew Rosengart, who I think his – I forget who the other people – I think Sean Penn was one of the people the news the other day said that uh, he has represented in the past uh, – the singer has been given the green light to hire Hollywood power attorney Matthew Rosengart. Now, here's the thing. And this is even – it's another part. They okayed her to be able to hire her own lawyer. Like, you, she can't even hire – she couldn't – she had to get okay from a, the court to hire a lawyer that she wants to hire. So, that, that's insane. Like, you should be able to hire your own attorney. Unless somebody can prove – that you literally do not have the capability and, and, and to, to be able to choose an attorney who's apparently well thought of. And, you know, I mean, if you, unless you can prove that this is an attorney that take, takes advantage of people, but if you're an attorney that takes advantage of people, I don't know how, 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 how high profile you're going to get. Um, and she said, I want my dad removed. I'm angry. I will go there. Um, so proceeding, blah, blah, blah. Um, Ingham, let's see, Spears, Miss Spears does absolutely have a right to select her own attorney. Rosengarten argued during adding that her powerful and compelling arguments comments in the previous hearing showed she was more than capable of making the decision. Penny ultimately approved the appointment. Um, longtime court appointed attorney Sam Ingham, third and co-counsel from Loeb and Loeb, were formally removed as Spears' attorneys. Uh, Ingham interrupted proceedings multiple times, saying Spears was texting him, indicating she wanted to speak. Apparently, she didn't have Rosengart's number saved on her phone. In one of the hearings, more powerful moments, the newly installed Rosengart said, this is not working. We know that. The goal is to end conservatorship. We have questions if this was even proper forum back in 2008. This has been going on for a long time. Demonox says, Conservatives, conservatorships make sense. But the until end of life for someone on their deathbed, this is insanity. Um, my Chromebook has wonky T buttons, so mine the typos. Okay. I thought you were just being like maybe trying to do some sort of British, like until the end of until the end of life, or some sort of accent, maybe some weird Massachusetts accent where you, where you miss a T or something. I don't know. I don't know if, if, if I think you would say a T. You, you miss R's in, in your in your Massachusetts accent. 
although last time I tried to do a Massachusetts type accent, y'all made fun of me, so uh, I might skip on that one. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe I'll do it later. Who knows? Uh, anyway, so that's so it's good. A uh, one step in the right direction that she actually gets to pick her own attorney. Ha You know, that's good. That's a good thing. Um, what else is going on in in the world today? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee is is ridiculous. Uh, the Tennessee Department of Health uh, is going to halt all adolescent adolescent vaccine outreach. We lack ours. If that was the case, you wouldn't have a Republican governor, Demonox. <laughs> if you lacked all, if you lacked the Oz, that's how you would say it, right? The Oz, um, like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> anyway, um, the Tennessee Department of Health is halting all adolescent vaccine outreach. This is not just about COVID. Now, They've, the the conservative politicians in dealing with the COVID lunacy. I wish we lacked that POS, yes. Uh, Not a point of sale system either. Um, Republican state lawmakers, uh, according to uh, internal report, agency emails, uh, if the health department must issue any information about vaccines, the staff are instructed to strip the agency logo off of the document. That's how insane these people are, these conservative politicians. And so it's not just about COVID outreach. It's about all vaccine outreach, no HPV. And of course, the conservatives hate the HPV vaccine because they believe that somehow by giving uh, an HPV vaccine, you're somehow allowing, enabling, or saying, go ahead, fornicate. No, just because you give somebody a tool doesn't mean you have to use it. You know, I mean, and, and, if, and if they do, if they are unfortunate enough to, hook up with somebody or be assaulted by somebody that happens to have HPV, they might very well be protected. And that's a good thing. They're protected, but no, the conservatives don't like me. They don't like vaccine, vaccine bad in their eyes. So yeah, additionally, health department will take steps to ensure that it no longer sends postcards or other notices reminding teenagers to get their second dose of coronavirus vaccines. Vaccine postcards will still be sent to adults, but teens will be excluded from the mailing list. So postcards are not, potentially interpreted as solicitation to minors. Solicitation to minors, typically something you're concerned about with perverts and pedophiles. Same difference, I guess, if, if you're soliciting the minors. But no, so apparently you can't solicit to minors when it comes to vaccines either. So you have to stop all COVID-19 vaccine events on school property, despite holding at least one such event this month. Um, the decisions to end the vaccine outreach at school events come from health commissioner, Dr. Lisa Piercy. Um, basically they're having to make a, a choice as to whether or not they're going to <clears throat> try and do what they want to do, what they need to do versus, you know, not being able to do what they want to do. Um, and in Tennessee, the, the virus is spreading. Uh, the average number of new cases per day has more than doubled in the past two weeks from 177 to 418. The average test positivity rate has jumped from 2.2% to 5.4% in the same period. 5.4% is the trigger in many areas to start locking down. I'm sure it's not that way in Tennessee, but hey, um, that's Tennessee for you. Uh, maybe if I would have found some words uh, from, the Tennessee, from some Tennessee politicians about 
the the coronavirus vaccine and the vaccine hoax and all that other garbage, maybe I might have reckoned I could have been able to do a words of redneck wisdom on the vaccines, but you know, I just have to wait maybe till next week. So let's see, after the after the health department's internal COVID nineteen report was circulated on Friday, the rollback of vaccine outreach was further detailed in my Monday email from Chief Medical Officer Dr. Tim Jones. Jones told staff they should conduct no proactive outreach regarding routine vaccines. No outreach whatsoever regarding the HPV vaccine. So here's, again, and I hadn't even read the HPV vaccine part yet. I I was just getting to that article. I hadn't read that yet. That was just me saying HPV out of the blue. So, yeah, there's no proactive outreach regarding routine vaccines, the routine vaccines. So you can't say, hey, go get this shot, that shot, whatever. And no outreach whatsoever with HPV. Again, they have a problem with taking the shot that prevents you from getting cervical cancer from certain forms and strains of, of HPV. Staff are also told not to do any pre-planning for flu shot events at schools. So you can't even do any pre-planning for flu shots. Any types of informational sheets or other materials uh, should have the TDH logo removed. Why would you, to me, if now in this case, in the case of Tennessee, yeah, maybe the, maybe the Tennessee Department of Health logo no longer gives any faith that, that this is something reasonable that's happening, that, that you're getting good information. At this point, anything from the Tennessee Department of Health would be suspect or sus, as my kids would like to say. Um, <laughs> going back, uh, talking about soliciting minors. Uh, Matt Gates likes to solicit minors, says Demonox. That's allegedly uh, what he is alleged to have done. Um, you know, do we believe the allegations? Maybe. Uh, and he goes, Demonox says, okay, what if the vaccine makes me like double autistic? Super, that's your, that would be your superpower at that point, I would think. I think at that point we get you a cape. Uh, and, and maybe then maybe you would then form the head of Voltron when we when we come together because then you probably would be the most powerful of all of us. So that's just so like the the the, the amount of ridiculousness that it comes to and we're gonna be talking more about uh the ridiculousness of, of COVID nineteen in the bottom half of the hour because I will be having uh we'll be discussing what's going on and part of the struggles in my life includes the rush to get kids back into schools and what we're having to deal with uh, when it comes to uh, the choices that we need to make for my youngest child. Um, But first, we're going to go ahead and take the first commercial break. Come back, take your calls as well. That's uh, 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Off from the left, that's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? 
Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the liberal band radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the liberal band family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the liberal band radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Damanach, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdeminox. That's letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, Head Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. We have Demonox in the chat with us, uh, joining us along the way. Uh, we will be, uh, we, we were just discussing uh, silliness with uh, vaccines in Tennessee, uh, Britney Spears getting to uh, choose her own lawyer, you know, being allowed by the court to choose her own lawyer, ridiculousness. Uh, but let's go ahead and play this week's Hypocrite of the Week. This week's Hypocrites of the Week are the Republicans in the Texas State Legislature. These Republicans cried foul when Democrats left the state to block a quorum on a measure to change voting requirements. They claimed the Democrats refused to negotiate or compromise. In fact, it was the Republicans who refused to compromise, forcing the Democrats to leave the state in order to block this horrible legislation. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there we go. And the whole thing with Texas, it's just really confusing because I'm looking at a CNBC article um, that it says the Tennessee Senate has passed GOP elections bill after Democrats left the state. That supposedly that a quorum was still had. However... Uh, the, it also then says the legislation will languish unless Texas Democrats return to the state before the end of the 30-day special session. 
called by GOP Governor Greg Abbott. Apparently, what you, you need a two-thirds quorum, from, what, from my understanding, um, you need a two-thirds quorum in order to pass things that are statewide bills. I'm not exactly sure what the deal is when it comes to why it will then languish if they were able to have a vote on this. Um, but here's the thing. They call it the election integrity law. A lot of these conservatives call these voter ID laws, despite the fact that these laws contain very few provisions pertaining to the requirement of having an ID to vote and instead contain other provisions that are meant to make it harder and more uncomfortable and more difficult uh, for people uh, to cast a ballot. Now, so I mean, and, and oftentimes with these conservatives, I might look. What are you? What does this do? What are? What is this doing to to you? What, what like 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 what is what does having a drive-through voting, having drive-through voting like they did in Houston during the pandemic? How does that? How does prohibiting that make it so that you can't have an election integrity? How, what does that have to do with a voter ID? In Georgia, you have the situation of you, know, you can't hand out a bottle of water. And the people that defend these laws don't even know what law, don't even know the laws. They're like, no, you can hand out water, just have to be 100 feet away from the polling place. No, that's not what the law says. Go read it. And I've, had even, I've even had people who are conservatives show me the text of the law and say, you're wrong. And then what they show me is exactly what I'm saying. So but what does prohibiting a bottle of water from being handed out in, to somebody in line waiting to vote, how does that affect in a negative way the integrity of an election? How does that, what, is, what does that have anything to do with the requirement to have an ID to vote? Doesn't. They can't defend it but because they, they know what these are for. They just don't, can't admit it because if they admit it, they have to admit that they're being racist asshats. Um, so they just, it, it's just so frustrating to try and deal with these people who, who just are so lost in, in, in a world that's just completely bizarre. Like, I don't understand how they reach the conclusions that they do. Why? they believe the things that they believe, how the education system has failed them so badly. I mean, part of it is just, you know, as I said, we have two Americas in this country, at least, and two types of people. They're, they're the people that, you know, can admit that they're wrong and people who can't admit that they're wrong. And, and these people are the type of ones who will double down on 12. And then when it's shown why doubling down on 12 is stupid, they'll be like, well, I, you can still win. I'll double down on 12 again. These are the same people who, who believe that just because something can happen, it means that the fifth and, and if the chances of it happening or not happening are 50, 50, just a coin flip. I had one of these conversations with somebody on Facebook about you go out driving, there's a 50, 50 shot that you'll get into an accident. I'm like, what? They're like, well, you'll either get into an accident or you won't get into an accident. So it's 50, 50. I'm like, if there was a 50% chance that I would get into an accident, I wouldn't get on the roads. It's ridiculous. But I would love to play poker with you. Come to our poker game. I would love to be able to play poker with you. You clearly don't understand the odds. Uh, and then, you know, and if they're not Han Solo, they won't be angry at that I tell them the odds. Let's see. 
Red states don't care about education. It's not about kids getting kids back in school. It's about adults getting back to slave wages. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Hannah Gasby said it best about vaccines and autism. Okay, got that. What else? <laughs> See, I can understand you can't hand up all the water on behalf of a candidate and say for me, but 130 degree weather and water is life. Yes, absolutely. And there are already laws that say you can't hand out or you not campaign. So if I'm handing out a bottle of water near somebody online, I can't do so wearing a campaign T-shirt. No, I can't do so wearing, you know, with a bottle of water that has affixed a label that says vote for so-and-so or what's-her-face or the ugly one. Um, shout out to all my homestarrunner.com fans. Um, Squad. Sorry. Um, but yeah, but those that law already exists. You don't need an additional law. Just enforce the law. If people who are hitting bottles of water with pain slogans on the bottles of water, then, then arrest them because they're violating electioneering laws. But even though it's kind of silly, because first of all, if I own a house right by the polling place or if I own an office right by the polling place, I'm free to post a sign. Like, I ran for office, and I had campaign signs. You better believe I went to every single possible poll place that I could think of and was like, hey, I'm running for office. Can I put this campaign sign in your yard because it's right across the street from the poll place, and it's legal for me to do so because it's on your private property? And they said, sure, absolutely, you can do that. Thank you very much. So the the prohibition on the campaign – so so and, sees my son and they had it do you think that's going to make them change their mind when they go vote it's ridiculous the only reason i did it was to show ridiculousness of it so if somebody handed me a, if i was thirsty waiting in a line to vote and you know some republican or somebody some pro-trumper was like here have a bottle of this trump water i probably want to make sure that the thing was all sealed and everything but you know if i was thirsty and i needed a drink of water i'd be like well thank you very much and then i'd go if it was the last election, I'd go vote for Biden because somebody handing me a bottle of water is not going to make me say, no, I'm not going to vote for, I'm going to, I'm going to not going to vote for the candidate that I support. I'm going to go vote for this candidate. Now it's absurd, but it's the law. It's how the law is written. And so there's nothing, there should be nothing wrong with allowing people to hand out bottles of water as long as they're playing bottles of water and non-election materials. So, but like you know, you could take the argument and make it absurd. Like I could potentially have a can. Well, people were like, "Well, I could." The bottles could have electioneering on them, so let's just prohibit them from handing out bottles. That way, you get rid of the possibility that they'll hand out that be handing out bottles with campaign material because there's no bottles to begin with. Okay. Well, somebody could be wearing a campaign T-shirt to the polls, but that's not allowed. You cannot wear a campaign T-shirt to the polls. So, but let's just ban everyone from wearing shirts. You have to go topless to vote. That way you guarantee that nobody's wearing a campaign t-shirt, right? That's how ridiculous these arguments sound. That's how ridiculous. (laughs) I was going to vote for Bill Clinton, but I got a bottle of water, and that's how Ross Ross Perot became president. Now, you know, that's just saying, you see? Now, I'm going to hand out bottles of water. I'm a billionaire. I can buy everyone a bottle of water. And I still won't win the uh, one electoral vote because you can't win as a third-party candidate. 
topless voting uh, is a vote for only Dan. Yes, only Dan. <laughs> I am a member of a group, a Facebook group now called Only Dan. It's only available. You can only join if your first name starts with Dan. Now, that could be Dan, Daniel, Danny, Danica, Danielle, uh, Danalana Ding Dong. Whatever your name is, as long as it starts with Dan, you're in Dana. Somebody named Dana could be in the group or whatever. But it's, but they use only Dan's, and that's only Dan's has been a running joke amongst the Voltron crew. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the second commercial block. I didn't see anything from uh, uh, the Just Capital Minute, so we're just going to replay an old one again this week. Uh, so, But again, if you want to call in, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk to the left. That's right. Greetings. This is Nimbus Yosh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things. Political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts You'll ever hear, and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Capital, talking investing and finance in the Just Capital Minute. Finn refined the brokerage Robinhood, a record $70 million for, among other things, lapses in customer service. This brings up an important issue. Which brokerage should you use and how do you choose one? There are several things to think about when you're choosing or switching to a brokerage. The first one is fractional share trading. Some brokerages that offer fractional or partial shares are Schwab, Robinhood, Fidelity, and Interactive Brokers. The second thing to consider is what the brokerage's interest rate is for trading on margin, i.e. borrowing from your broker. The higher your account balance, the lower interest rate you will typically pay to trade with margin. The average rate is about 5%. The third thing to consider is research. How much market information, including news, technical, and fundamental data, do you want? Do you want interactivity in your charts? Do you want a social experience? Then Webull may be the one for you. This has been the Just Capital Minute. Build wealth and fight the wealth gap. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio Talk from the Last. That's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, say code 914 803 4131. 
That is 914-803-4131. Of course, if you're listening live, you can join us with Demonox over in the chat. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash liberal Dan. Sign in with your free blogtalkradio.com account. And if you go to the episode page, you can join us in the chat at the bottom of the screen. And of course, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, et cetera, in the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Remember to follow me or subscribe wherever appropriate to all of the places where I am online to help the channel grow. Uh, so this show we are talking about, uh, the, the, the main subject of the show is, are we really ready for in-school learning? Now, the CDC has said, uh, in part, that part of uh, um Part of the important thing, um, CDC returning to school, basically returning to school, uh, the key, the key um, to doing so, this is, this is part of their guidance, guidance for COVID-19 prevention in K-12 schools, updated July 9th, 2021, students benefit from in-person learning, uh, safely returning in-person instruction as fall as 21-21 as priority. Vaccination is currently the leading public health prevention strategy to end the COVID-19 pandemic. Promoting vaccination can help schools return safely to in-person learning as well as extracurricular activities and sports. Masks should be worn indoors by all individuals to and up who are not fully vaccinated. Consistent and correct mask use by people who are not fully vaccinated is especially important indoors and in crowded settings when physical distancing cannot be maintained. CDC recommends three feet of physical distance between students within classrooms combined with indoor mask wearing for people who are not fully vaccinated to reduce transmission risk when it is not possible to maintain a physical distance of at least three feet, such as when schools cannot fully reopen while maintaining these distances. It is especially important to layer multiple other prevention strategies, such as indoor masking, screening, testing, ventilation, hand washing and respiratory etiquette, staying home when sick and getting tested Contact tracing in combination with quarantine and isolation and cleaning and disinfection are also important layers of prevention to keep schools safe. Students, teachers, and staff should stay home when they have signs of any infectious illness and be referred to their health care provider for testing and care. Many schools serve children under the age of 12 who are not eligible for vaccination at this time. Therefore, guidance emphasizes implementing layered prevention strategies using multiple prevention strategies together consistently to protect people who are not fully vaccinated, including students, teachers, staff, and other members of their household. COVID-19 prevention strategies remain critical to protect people, including students, teachers, and staff who are not fully vaccinated, especially in areas of moderate to high community transmission levels. Localities should monitor community transmission, vaccination covers, screening, testing, and occurrence of outbreaks to guide decisions on the layered prevention strategies. So key take, my key takeaways from their key takeaways are the fact that it, the important words are consistent and correct mask use uh, by people who are not fully vaccinated, of when I have two kids, I have a 12-year-old child and I have an eight-year-old child. The 12-year-old child will be fully vaccinated on day two of school. So I'm not as worried about him as I am my other kid. My other kid is eight. He cannot get vaccinated. So therefore, he is going to rely on other people consistently and correctly using masks. Is that going to happen in third grade? I don't think so. And as such, I stated such in my letter to the principal of my school, to which she responded. I'll get to the, I'll read her response, and then I'll read my response to her response. Mr. Zimmerman, the upcoming school year at ISO will continue to follow the guidance for elementary schools put forth by the CDC, Louisiana Department of Health, LDE, NOLA Public Schools, 
as regards to COVID-19 and related variants. All students will learn in person. Those who are not vaccinated will wear masks indoors. Of course, there's no properly there. At the April board meeting, the board approved the decision to not have a virtual school option for families for the 2021-22 school year unless the city of New Orleans declares a state of emergency and closes schools similar to last school year. The pandemic has been challenging for everyone in different ways. The vast majority of families want their children back in school full time and to have all of the amenities before and after care in place as well. Last school year was unique. And you are correct when you say that not all of the guidelines were followed 100% of the time. However, the vast majority of teachers and students did their very best to be diligent, to adhere to the guidelines as evidenced by there not having been any cases of COVID transmitted in school. All of the cases that were identified in our population were traced outside of the school, most often to a family member who was positive. I anticipate that to be the same pattern that we will see again this next school year. Only you can decide if you can trust the school to keep your children safe and send them back to learn in person in the fall. There, If not, there are virtual schools and homeschool options readily available to families in Louisiana. Yours, Melanie, head of school. So, if you're like me, you saw many problems here. So, here's my response to the principal of the school. How will the school be keeping track of students who are and are not vaccinated? How will all staff and faculty know that the student walking down the hallway is somebody who is free to walk maskless? What rules will be in place to deal with children who won't follow masking and distancing guidelines? Will they be punished? Will there be suspensions? Will repeated breakers of the rules be allowed to continue to come into the buildings in the middle of a pandemic, despite their actions putting others at risk? And the West Bank campus will have zero people eligible for the vaccine. But who makes sure that the masks are on properly on all the students the entire time? You cite numbers from last year. Last year, the Delta variant wasn't an issue. The Delta variant has put children in the ICU one state away in Mississippi. And we also did have students who did learn in a socially distanced way last year, giving less vectors of transmission for the virus. I am aware that many parents want in-person learning. Appeal to the majority is a logical fallacy. But I'm not asking for the entirety of the school to be distance learning. I am asking for the parents to be given the option before the board voted. Did the board think to ask all parents if they'd like the option to continue to distance learn? While I'm sure many are wanting to, quote, get back to normal, end quote, I'm sure you'd have found enough parents who would have liked additional protection during the upcoming school year, especially when vaccines are not available for children under 12. And there, it was their notice of the board meeting and this vote to enable, to enable public comment on what was voted on. Had I known, I'd have spoken up and said that we should have at least had the option especially if enough parents wanted it. My oldest son will be fully vaccinated by the start of school, but my youngest cannot. And it is not that I don't trust the staff. It is unreasonable to believe the staff slash faculty can adequately enforce the rules on all those kids. I don't trust that parents will teach their kids to follow the rules. I've seen far too many nostrils outside of masks for me to believe that children can wear masks properly. I've heard that parents were abusive of your faculty and staff for trying to enforce the policies of masking and social distancing. That does not give me hope that the faculty slash staff has the authority to protect the responsible children from the irresponsible ones. Trust me, we are looking at all of the available options for our children to make sure they will be as safe as possible. But we shouldn't have to be doing this. We should be able to feel safe with our kids enrolled in the school that they are enrolled in. But what we saw during LEAP testing Children elbow to elbow at tables, with some with no masks, others with improperly worn masks, I'm concerned. What caring parent wouldn't be concerned? 
especially with the Delta variant spiking. And there's this additional issue. Because New Orleans is 100% charter, if we do opt our youngest out, we lose his spot and risk not being able to get it back. Furthermore, because of the uniqueness of the language curriculum at ISL, Henry skipping a year could very well mean that he couldn't come back even if he had a spot because he'd be behind in Spanish after missing a year or however long it takes for him to be fully vaccinated after they prove it for his, his, his age. I feel we are in a lose-lose situation. Your answers to the questions I've asked in this email will help give us guidance on the decision we need to make for our youngest. Uh, let's see. Demonox says, it's the honor system, the same honor system during COVID that had people pretending to have disabilities to not wear masks. Exactly. That's why I don't trust these people. That's why, how am I supposed to trust my child, the children of other kids who are acting like playgrounds? We've seen pictures of people who my youngest son knows at like skating, par- roller skating parties, indoor roller skating parties. How is that in any way safe? Not safe. Other friends of his have gone off to bouncy places, you know, the, the places where they have indoor trampoline parks that have other such stuff that you can climb on and jump around and have fun. You know, no social distancing, just jumping all over each other, whatever. He's seen those pictures. And even my eight year old is like, that's too much. We've tried to show my son some options for masks, like not just a simple mask that covers your nose and mouth, but like an entire head covering that would be able to, you know, and, and most of them, he's like, I would be too hot in that. I don't think I'd like that. You know, we're looking at one that would cover his entire head, face, so, you, so, so nobody would be able to, like, cough in his eyes or whatever. So he'd be more protected than just a simple cloth face covering. And potentially, maybe that would be enough to make us feel safe going back to the new school. But again, he still has to eat lunch. So if he has to eat lunch, that means he needs to take his mask off to eat. Which means, and if he's thirsty, he needs to take off his mask to drink water, which means that he, when doing so, he needs to do so in a, in, a, in a safe way, in a way that's not going to risk his exposure. Uh, because our family doctor said today that he would recommend him not go to school unless he was in like a hazmat suit, because even though it might be harder for him to catch it because of his age, if he catches it, He's in trouble because the, this variant, the Delta variant, is putting kids in the ICU. I don't understand. I, it, it, now, people say trust the science, and people are probably going to, you know, if you're listening after the show, if you're not listening currently, people would say trust the science. And I've been saying trust the science. And, yes, we should trust the science in the world as it exists. That, that's my caveat. Trust the science in the world in which it exists. Uh, so, so yes, if everyone masked properly, every single kid in that school, if every single kid in that school masked properly and maintains a proper social distance despite not being vaccinated because they're all under 12, it is possible that it would be a safe learning environment. However, I don't trust because what I don't trust that that is, that is the case. And I don't believe that teachers are capable of enforcing such policies. And there's multiple reasons why. First reason, we saw it firsthand. If you, listen, if you heard the part of my letter where I talked about the LEAP test, Louisiana has what's called a LEAP test that helps show how they're progressing. It's a standardized test. 
<clears throat> and despite the fact that my 12-year-old um, was doing full distance learning all last year, the entirety of the school year, despite that fact, he had to go in in person now he, to, to take the test. Now, it's not a required test. And the only, th- only person that gets punished for not taking the test is the school. But we were willing to be nice and let him take the test under the guidance that everyone be masked. And because he has uh, an IEP or 504 plan, more specifically, he was in a special testing area. So there was going to be less children around him. So we were, we were affirmed that he was going to have less children around him, that they were all be properly masked and they will all be socially distanced. That was the case. Fine. We'll do it. First day we heard something that maybe the teacher wasn't masked properly that his nose was hanging out. So I let them know. My son said that at least one faculty did not have his mask on properly. This needs to be rectified. Day two, heard nothing. Day three, my wife goes to go pick up my son from, from the test because, you know, she needs, she, and they, have, they made her go inside to get her, to get him this time because the first couple of days we can just pick him up on the curb. She goes inside. She sees them all sitting elbow to elbow at a table. She sees at least one of them not masked and several of them not masked properly, and she pitched a fit. And I'm glad I wasn't there. I might have pitched a fit too. I would have pitched a fit too. I would have probably yelled. And I don't know what would have happened at that point because I was furious. And I wrote a furious email uh, when my wife got home because she was furious. And I do not like seeing my wife like that. And I do not hearing like I do not like hearing that we were we were made assurances. Assurances were made to us that they would protect my child and they did not protect my child. Now this campus is different than the campus. There's three different campuses of the school. This is one campus. My other son's at another campus. Maybe this other principal is more hands-on, better suited, better capable of handling this sort of thing. But the principal was in the cafeteria and did not force the separation. And part of it, I believe, is because I think she's, uh, I think she was uh, intimidated by some of the parents because when she, they tried, apparently, and we had a communication with the teacher about some of the issues that were going on earlier in the school, just with the distance learning in and of itself and some of the stupidity that was going on with, with Thomas and his new teacher in the, in the spring. Um, we, you know, she was basically told us that there were parents, you know, of the students that were socially, that were, that were in presence because we had the option of social distance with school, but other students went into school and she was told us that when she tried to enforce these social distancing guidelines on these kids, that the parents would call her up yelling at her, calling her names, calling her slurs. I'm like, what? It's ridiculous. That's why I, I don't believe that, you know, when the CDC says you need to do X, Y, and Z, I don't, I don't know how well they're going to enforce it. So that's why I ask those questions, because I need to know. I need to know if they're going to be enforcing those rules. Because if these are just guidelines, like in Pirates of the Caribbean, if they're mere guidelines and not rules, if they're not enforced, if kids can get away with having their mask around their chin, if kids don't have to follow the guidelines as they're supposed to follow, then guess what? We don't want our kid there. And we'll yank him, and we will – we don't want him there. We will yank him. They will lose the money that they get for him every year. And we'll have to figure out a way to homeschool him. 
And I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to have Henry lose his spot at the, at the, at the school. I don't want Henry to have to uh, lose his progress because the school that he's at is called international school. He has language skills. He can speak Spanish. I don't want him losing that. It's a great skill that he will have in life. If he is able to complete his studies and know how to speak Spanish fluently, it's a great, it's a great skill to have. It's great that he'll be bilingual. But I'm risking losing that because I have to make the decision whether or not we want to allow him to go to school that we already know failed once when it came to protecting one child on one of their campuses. So who knows? And this is mostly just a gripe sense section on my part, but I don't believe that school's ready. And look, when they say that the parents want to be back, the parents want to be back, don't want to, don't want to have to deal with their kids at home. The parents don't want the parents don't want to the parents would rather risk their kids' lives and risk their kids' safety than have to deal with having another year of or a semester at least of homes of, of distance learning. And that shouldn't be my problem. That they are not I mean look, I I'm in a position where I now work from home. My wife works from home. I'm home basically all day now doing my, doing my job. And it's great. And that's wonderful. And I understand that there are people who don't have that possibility, which is why I'm not saying that every kid should be distance learning. It would be great if, if, if that was possible for everybody, everybody to distance learn. I'm not saying that everybody has to be forced into distance learning. I'm saying that we should have the option. We should have the option to be distance learning. And that's the thing. They're not giving us the option. Let's see. Demonox. I trust science and I believe the behavioral science of human nature, which is why I don't trust people to trust the science. Exactly. Exactly spot on. There's, there's no reason for me to believe that my kid is going to be safe because of the actions of other students. Now, if we can, if we can put him in something that's going to make us feel that he'll be safe around these other students, then maybe we'll consider her consider sending him. But it's probably going to take a lot of trusting but verifying. I mean, we're probably going I, I have no problem showing up every day and checking out how the masking is going on and yanking him immediately if I see a problem. I have no problem doing that. Why? Because it prove it will prove that they are incapable of protecting the kids under the CDC guidelines. And that's the thing. They can say all day long that they're going to follow the CDC guidelines. But if, they can, but, if, but, if, but if I go into the school and students are not masked properly and are not being socially distanced because they can't be, because they're not vaccinated, <coughs> weird emphasis on the wrong syllable there, but they're not vaccinated, then they're not following the CDC guidelines, are they? The only way you can follow CDC guidelines is if you can guarantee that 100% of the kids are masked properly and that they're distancing properly. And if you can't do that, then you can't say you're following the CDC guidelines. Period. End of story. There's no other way around it. So absolutely, am I gonna, So I'm going to be fighting on this. I have, a, I have a group on Facebook 
There's a bad emoji. This <laughs> is Devin Oxbow's the bad emoji. I'm Batman. <coughs> Speaking of Batman, oof. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But anyway, the end of this story is that we were going to we are going to have to do make a lot of hard choices in the next month. All while me having to deal with other crap. My house, I have I have a leak or not a leak. The the pipe between my AC unit and my and the inside unit uh, is not properly it's not insulated at all at this point. All of it apparently has rubbed off. So we now have to have the ceiling removed and we have to now wrap everything in uh, new insulation and however much that's going to cost, we have to do that. We've just bought a $3,000 refrigerator uh, and that refrigerator didn't work initially. So for about a good week, week and a half, we were able to, we had to deal with the old refrigerator. still. So we had a refrigerator in the middle of our living room and a refrigerator that didn't work in the middle of our kitchen. Now the refrigerator finally worked fine because they had to replace the entire freezer unit. And, what else? What else happened? Have have the my oven was not working, so we had to get a new oven. But the oven that we got is bigger than the old oven, so we need to replace the replace the oven. And so we had to replace the the, the cabinet that the oven was in. However, the cabinet that the oven was in was underneath the drip, so we have to make sure that the drip is fixed before the new the new cabinet is installed in order for to install the new oven to make sure that we don't have any drips. <sighs> That's my life, folks. Furthermore, yeah, AC insulation is foam wrap. You tape super cheap. And he and he's the guy that's getting it is going to get the better stuff, and that's fine. And I'm fine paying it to do it right. But yeah, we have to pay for the labor to remove the ceiling, to remove the to remove the the sheetrock, in uh, all of the places where the leaks are going on. We're gonna have to do that, and we're gonna have to make sure that everything is sealed properly. Then we have to pay them to refloat the sheetrock back up and make sure everything is in its place before the other person comes in and installs the cabinet that we're having built specifically for this brand new double oven. It'll be a nice oven. It'll be very nice to have. We have plans to make this kitchen really nice. It's just going to take a while and we have to do a lot of stuff. Furthermore, um, on a personal note, uh, I'm also dealing with uh, just learning with learning how supposedly former friends really were never, ever my friends. There's a, uh, if you're friends with me on Facebook, there's a saga going on where a former friend of mine blocked me because he was being a pain in the neck to me and, and insisting that he was being helpful when he was not being helpful. Um, he was being condescending and rude. And all, and all, what happened is, is, is he was, I was so close to him at one point that I asked him to be my child's godfather, my oldest child's godfather. And even though I'm not very practicing when it comes to my Jewish faith, uh, there is a tradition in Jewish faith that take where you where the the person buys like the the godfather uh, supposedly takes possession of the kid, and then the father buys the the kid from the the, the person who's from the priestly sect or whatever of Judaism or whatever, um, and for like five silver coins or whatever, and the uh, and then when the person turns 13, at their, when they become bar mitzvah, the person who had the coins returns the coins to the person who hit 13. Now, at this point, we only had one child. 
And I thought, even though we're not doing it, I wanted to not only have John, this guy, be my uh, my child's godfather, um, but I told him that I wanted him to participate in this with me. And that part of the ceremony was that I give this to him now and that when my oldest son becomes 13, he'll get it back in some sort of ceremony that we'll have for him. And it was all very sweet and nice and everything. And, and, and I felt like John was, was somebody like a brother to me. Uh, we had drifted apart um, last year, last March during the pandemic. Uh, I was like, look, uh, because I have a second son now, I don't think it's fair to him to be able to, to do a ceremony for one, but not for the other. Because of that fact, I would like to eventually have my coins back. Um, and he said, okay. And nothing happened with it. And then a year later, we get into an argument on somebody else's post. He blocks me. And now I don't know how I'm going to get my coins back. And it's not the fact that, that it's those, it's not the fact that it's the, the monetary value of the coins that's the problem. It's, it's the fact that I trusted him with something that belongs in my family because I considered him to be part of my family. And, and now he won't give it back to me. Now I can't even get in contact with him. I thought I had his phone number. Uh, for a while, I didn't have it. So I kind of said, look, if you know him, please get him in contact with me because I want these stuff back. I want this stuff back. And I tried one email address that I found, nothing. I tried a second email address that I found, nothing. I found another phone. I finally found one phone number, nothing. What about the second? And then I found a second one um, on a voter record or whatever. So at some point this week, maybe I'll try that one. But I'm just, I guess I'm too trusting of people. And so this, this is, this is, so I don't know if I'm going to need to get a lawyer. I don't know if I'm going to need to involve the police. I don't know what's going to have to happen. Or do I just take this as a very, very hard life lesson that, that I can't trust, that I have to be just more careful about who I trust, who I invite to be close like family to me. Um, it's difficult. It's tough. I've cried already once about it today. I've been upset about it for the last week and a half, two weeks. And because of this, oh, let me get to the other school. There's another school thing I wanted to talk about before I stop the show. But but because this is just one more stress, the, the, the moments that I, the minutes that I take trying to figure out how I'm going to get these coins back, if they even are in his possession to begin with, I don't even know if he still has them. He might not have them. I don't know. But Here's the thing. Every minute I spend on this is a minute I can't spend on other things, like trying to investigate other options for my child so I can keep him safe during this upcoming school year. Speaking of which, we did we did find one, potential one. It's like K12.com or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a school learning thing. It's a distance learning thing. You don't have to pay for it. I guess it's treated like a charter school like so you go through the charter schools, I'm sure this company works with charter schools within the state to basically try and get them recruited. And, and, and I'm fairly certain that if I were to go to a particular school, this, a particular school that one of the two options that we'd have had, that this company would have gotten like a kickback, like a finder's fee or whatever. I don't know if that's really the case, but that might've been the case. So my wife, 
puts in information. She gets a couple of calls. We're like, okay, we're, we're not, we can't really talk right now, whatever. We'll call us back. So we're like, we'll call you. We'll figure, maybe we'll try and call you Monday. But they called Sunday. We both happened to be there. We put them on speaker. We had a conversation with them. We asked a whole bunch of questions. Everything seemed fine. So we, we, we get some information. They forward us a link so we could use, so we could sign up to create an account. We do so, and the person says, okay, we will call you Friday just to see if you have any questions. So we hung up. Like five minutes later, they call back. Hey, hey, you have some information? Yeah, we did, but we've already spoken to somebody, and they said that they're going to call us back Friday, so we're good for right now. Monday, they called twice. Tuesday, they called twice. On Tuesday, the second call, my wife gave them a ride act, said, look, don't contact us. We're supposed to contact You're supposed to contact us on Friday. We're already in the middle of we we're going to be putting in information for the application potentially. But meanwhile, after the call, second call on Tuesday, I went up and looked up the schools that, that are part of this K-12 thing. Of uh, The school ratings of these schools are not that great. The current school that my sons are at have a B rating, which is kind of high. Uh, for relatively, I think they used to be an A, but because people can opt out of the leap test, that's I think why they became a B. Um, so maybe my son helped contribute to the B because we yanked him and they didn't let him take the final day. But the first school, the one that the one school with the wait list is a D rated one, and the one without the wait list has an F. So the schools are already not impressive to me. They call again this morning. My wife reads the right act. And as I'm talking to my parent, my mom on the phone, I hear my wife yelling again. And I'm like, here we go. Let me go. Let me go deal with this mom. I go, I get on the phone. I say, send me a manager. Let me talk to a manager. I got all Karen on them. This, and I was like, look, you guys are acting like you're the car warranty people. We've been trying to reach you about your car warranty. We've been trying to reach you about your son's possible education. So look, don't contact us again. Don't call us. Don't email us. Don't text us. Delete our account. We don't want to have anything to do with you. So that's what we're doing. So not only do I have to deal with the fact that I don't trust my kid's school to protect my kid's health and safety, I also have to deal with the fact that I don't that that these other that, that these vultures are out there trying to get money from. I guess the pandemic, maybe, because they realized that because it's a pandemic that people are going to be lining up. So, so they're like, let's get all these people in as possible. Let's get all the money as possible. It was clear to me that it was more important to them to get the enrollee enrolled and then, and then let the chips fall as they may. So you know what? If they're going to treat it like a high-pressure timeshare time presentation, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I, have, I say this to somebody who owns a timeshare. I, now I got my timeshare for free, and I only I only had to pay the the additional initially the initial costs I, I obtained the timeshare for free. It was just I all I had to do was pay the maintenance costs after that, in which case it became much more affordable. And then we rolled the second one into our house refinance. My my I refinanced my house at a lower rate. I cashed out some of my equity. And I still paid a lower more still paid a lower payment than I was previously. So in reality. You know, yeah, I'm paying a little bit longer on my mortgage, but I was able to 
make it more affordable for me as well to kind of make it a better deal. But at the end of the day, you know, it went up being right for me. And I don't, so look, I don't mind a timeshare presentation. If it's a timeshare people, that's fine. It's timeshare. It's not education. Education should not be treated like a timeshare salesman. Yes, they were. So the Temenuk says they sound a bit desperate. They're very desperate. And I don't know, there's apparently a waiting list for the, for the D school. And I wonder why there's no waiting list for the F school because it's rated F. But if there's a waiting list for the D school, that doesn't make me feel very uh, optimistic about the options of being able to find a virtual school to send my kids to. It's more than likely that we're going to have to do a homeschooling. Slash, there is a tool that my kid used in school last year that maybe he'll be able to use this year um, that will help supplement the stuff that he's doing. But I don't know if it, if it actually uh, – gives curriculum or if it um if it gives curriculum or and like sets up a class load and everything like that or it's just something that's supplemental uh to what's going on but uh the the, the frustration so, so there's the frustration that i'm dealing with trying to get some sort of traction uh and look i'll be flat out bear open my soul with this one I have no faith in my ability to get any movement on this, on, on, the, on allowing virtual schooling. But part of me, think, before I get to that, part of me is, is concerned that whatever choice I'm going to make, it's going to be the wrong one. And maybe I'm just getting ahead of myself and just allowing constant failure to just add up. But I honestly believe, like, like this, is, this is the scenario that I envision taking place. I make the decision, look, we are going to homeschool our kid. We are going to take him out of school. Please unenroll him at the moment. We, 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 we might try and come back next year, but we, I can't feel safe with him at your school. So we take the processes, we unenroll him, and then what happens? Louisiana goes into lockdown because of the Delta variant and starts, the Delta variant starts killing kids. And then they go, oh, we're going to go 100% virtual. And then what happens? They go, well, you want enrolled, so you don't get to. And that's, 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 that's my concern, is that they will go virtual because of increased rates of infection, and we'll be screwed because we'll have opted out too soon. That's my concern. That, that's part of my that, – because that, that's something that would happen to me. Why do I believe that happened to me? Because it kind of happened to me with the vaccines with my older son. My older son, I didn't know when – the Pfizer vaccines were going to come out for the, for, or any vaccine was going to be made available for kids uh, 12. Cause I knew, I knew when I was looking that it was going to be 12 to 12 to 16 for Pfizer. Um, and then, you know, maybe like eight to 12 and then four to eight or whatever. They're chopping the, the groups into the group, chopping up groups of kids, not chopping up the kids, but separating the kids into groups based on age and when they would be eligible. We didn't know when Pfizer was going to be approved for kids of my oldest son's age. So I went ahead and opted him in to the vaccine trial that I did. And so, so three days after he got his first shot is when they decided to open up Pfizer. I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I've been wanting to get my son vaccinated. So I think so. I go ahead and say, okay, well, I think my best chance of him getting vaccinated is going to be taking this Novavax vaccine trial 
in, because there's a two-thirds shot that he will have the real one and not the placebo. Three days afterwards, he could have gotten the vaccine at that point, and he could have already been fully vaccinated at this point. Of course, but still, there's a two-thirds opportunity, and there's also the crossover, because I'm fully vaccinated because they eventually did the crossover. The crossover might happen sooner because they know what they're doing with the crossovers now, as my voice cracks like Peter Brady. Um, and so it's getting, deadlines getting closer, deadlines getting closer, deadlines getting closer. We don't know. All right, so you're going to do the crossover in July? No, at the end of July? That's too late. He's not going to be vaccinated in time for school. And the doctor told us that he would be that he, we would be able to get him unblinded. But here's the kicker. We went ahead and tried to get him to get a, a, an antibody. Why? Because if he had the antibodies, then we'd be like, oh, he probably got the real one. We'll just go ahead and wait for the crossover at that point. We're fine waiting for the crossover because we will have known that it's likely – that he had the vaccine because he had the antibodies. Well, go try and get an antibody test as a parent for your child. It can't happen without your doctor's note. So we had to get the doctor to write a referral to go send the kid to go get a vaccine. We were willing to pay out of pocket. We didn't want to charge insurance for it because we knew that it was going to be potentially that potentially it was, it, was, it was, you know, not going to be covered. So we were like, fine, we'll just pay out of pocket. Nope, can't do it. Can't do it because you're a kid. Even though there were, we're the parents and we are saying, okay. And it's not like we're, we're saying, hey, let's go bring him in to get a new kidney. We're saying, just take a vial of his blood and test it for anybody. Nope. Guess what? He did not have antibodies, meaning that he did not have the COVID vaccine, he had the placebo. So now he's had his first Pfizer shot and he'll, and he'll get his second Pfizer shot uh, in two weeks at this point or two weeks in a day at this point. And then I think the second day of school is when he'll officially be fully vaccinated. So there's that. But of course, not only did he not get the real one, but he missed the opportunity to get the Pfizer vaccine on the first day that he could have because we opted him in three days too early. If I'd have waited three, four, if I'd have waited four days to start him, to start him on the trial, we would have just gotten the Pfizer vaccine. So again, I made the wrong part of my printer. Like uh, Percy has the Percy podcast as a squeaky chair. I have the, the bangy, uh, printer tray, I guess, if you want to call it. I need a better, more catching in than squeaky chair, the bangy tray, who knows, whatever. So that's just, I guess, bearing into my soul that I believe that I make the wrong decisions. I don't even know. I was going to go back to some other point, and I forget what the point was. Maybe if Knox remembers, he can remind me what the point I was going to do. Um, yeah, he says remember to check from old mobile roof is later. I think that's why we're gonna we're gonna cut out some of the we're gonna have the, the guy cut out. We're gonna look for the mold and see if there's anything else. But they're staying some places, but we'll we'll have them check for mold. Um yeah, because we definitely don't want to ruin things uh later because you know, again, 
but they're going to be ready. With our house, like, every single time somebody comes to work on my house, I think my house is probably maybe one of the first bad decisions that I made. We hadn't thought we had a good deal. We, you know, we were buying the house kind of like an auction type thing, but there was, there was an inspection that came along with the house. They're like, okay, you know, here's the inspection. It's fine. But it missed something and it wasn't like insured to be covered if it missed it. And I guess we missed that point. So there were, there were these nice hardwood floors that we had that got completely ruined because there was a leak behind the sink and they uh, obfuscated the leak because of with, with a bunch of stuff behind the sink. So, yeah, I was not, not very happy about the fact that, and we've been dealing with troubles with the house. Very, and maybe uh, there are other people who have troubles with houses too. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, this is just time after time, me making the bad decision. That, that's, that's what I was, that's what I was, I have no faith because of all the bad decisions that I've made. And of course my mom made it a point to me to say, look, uh, everybody focuses on their bad decisions and pays no attention to their good ones. And that's how human nature works. So don't think that you're the only one getting bad things happening to them and understand that there are probably tons of things you're doing right that don't stand out because you're doing it right. Because it's just, it's just you're doing it right and it's happening. Um, that was fine. And, you know, it was a good conversation with my mom. Everybody needs a good conversation with their mom from time to time. But I still, I have no faith in my ability to be able to get traction on this that's why I'm trying to bring as many other people involved as possible because I have no faith that I will get traction by myself getting this done. And I don't think I would. I, I, I'm trying to find other people who might be able to say, hey, this is a good person who's, gonna, who's well-connected, who can get this ball rolling because I can't even get a more than – I can't even reach 1,000 members on my YouTube channel. I can't even get monetized on YouTube or, or TikTok. I can't get to those points. Only thing I've been able to do, the one thing that I've been able to get viral on social media is my what in the unseasoned name of Karen is this caucasity group, which is at 9,000 members, I think, at this point. That's the one amazing thing that I've been able to, and I can't turn that into anything. Like, I'm like, hey, come on, I'm going to have a contest. I'll do a contest where I give away like a $100 gift card or whatever you want. If we get to, uh, if, if you all can get me to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Nope, can't happen. I have 10,000 people in my, in my Facebook group that's specifically connected to liberal bands. And what happens? Nope, can't. Can't get, any, can't get even 10% of those people to come and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Because I have no faith in my ability to market. I have two wonderful Patreon, patrons for my Patreon. Can't ask for any better Patreons for my pa for patrons for my Patreon. Um, I wish I had more, but I don't know how to figure that out either. Um, despite all of us cross-promoting everybody and then I'm talking everybody else, and I'm very appreciative of the fact that I have the two. It's wonderful that I have the two. I love Bazaar and I love Demonox. He is awesome. He is a great person, and I wish he lived closer because I'd like to be able to hang with him and his Lovely boo. <laughs> Let's see, Devonox, I can make great decisions for anyone else. What to buy, which phone, what laptop. Then for me, I overthink and screw it up. Yeah, I mean that that is that's it. Uh, I mean I either overthink it or I don't or I rush into it. Uh, sometimes I rush in thinking, okay, this is a good idea, and then it's stupid. Then I'm stupid. Uh, I underthink it uh, or I overthink it, and I miss the boat. 
So it is what it is. I'm sorry. Well, I should let I should let somebody else say that. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, anyway, at least Biden got elected, right? No, Demodox loves that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, we all we all like Biden better than Trump, but that's not saying much. Uh, I probably much prefer Biden over the Knox. Uh, Knox would want somebody more progressive. I want somebody more progressive, but I'm, 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 I do not believe that we were, we were going to be able to get somebody more progressive. Um, I don't know. That's a discussion for another time. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. I need to watch the season finale of Loki. So I am going to go watch the season finale of Loki and be able to uh, take a little hour break, and then who knows what I'll do. Maybe I'll go take a shower or something, because I stink. <laughs> anyway, this is, if you have anything else to talk about, Demonox, uh, hit, hit it in the chat, and if, you, if there's no other random topics to talk about, I'll, I'll go ahead and call it a night. Uh, let's see. I need to go food shopping before they go. So there you go. Go food shopping before they go. Get yourself some grub. Uh, definitely. Um <laughs> Your end is, is it is it your ends that also your T's and your ends are not working properly apparently, so there you go. At least your name does, so your demiox demiox is your name is your aim. <laughs> try and talk try and ox without ends and T's. So anyway, uh, where's my show end button? There it is. So this has been the uh, this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left and right. I will be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, BlogTalkRadio.com slash Liberal Dan. Remember to subscribe here to be able to get notifications of when the show is going to start. And go to LiberalDan.com. Find all the places online for, to, to support the show as well. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. 